The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, Double G from the Fight Game Podcast and Fight Game Media. We're doing a $25 Amazon gift card giveaway. The way to enter is to rate and review us five stars on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. How do you do that? Take a screenshot and send that screenshot to gg at fightgamemedia.com. We'll keep this going for two weeks. At the end of the two weeks, we'll choose a winner via random and email that winner. Unfortunately, because of how this stuff generally works, we can only do this for U.S. residents. We're very sorry about that. Make sure you also subscribe or follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. This also helps us out a ton. Thank you very much. Now, on to the show. And boom goes the dynamite. How's it going, everybody? It is Monday. I guess Monday mid-afternoon, and you know what that means. It is time for another episode of The Boom with me, your host, James B. McDaniel, at Peppermint Fatty on social media everywhere except TikTok. Throw an X on either end of it because somebody stole Peppermint Fatty, and I will have my revenge soon enough, Peppermint Fatty, and my good buddy, Kevin Ely. Kevin, how are you doing today? I'm excellent. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How 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 is the New Year treating you in Oklahoma? Uh, it's cold. It's it dropped so to cold, 11 man. degrees this weekend. Oh, my God. Okay. It was 80 degrees here in Louisiana all week, which is mm-hmm. something I haven't experienced. I don't want to give my exact age here, but since Christmas 1987. And uh, and now it's about 25 degrees outside, um, yep. which I thought was coming later today. I did not expect to wake up to it, and I was very ill prepared for it. Thankfully, I am... If anyone could see me now, they'd know what I'm saying. I'm naturally insulated, ladies and gentlemen, so (laughs) I'm always a little prepared. Well, this has been a wild week already for AEW. Oh, boy. uh, In that, let's just, we're not going to bury the lead here. 
things hit the fan on New Year's Eve. Big Swole, who seemed to have have a very amicable break with AEW, and that Tony Khan had they like we'd already heard from her and him that he'd let her run out her contract. She'd missed a lot of time due to I believe Crohn's disease. I don't want to get that mm-hmm. wrong, but I believe it's Crohn's, which is right. a horrible situation. I had a good friend that had that, and uh, but things changed on New Year's Eve, Kevin. You're the adult in this group. I'm going to let you take the lead. I'm probably <laughs> older, but I am 100% the child here. Well, <sighs> okay. So Swole does a podcast interview where she just talks about her departure, and she's pretty open about it. Uh, um, different things that she gave them praise for and different things that she criticized them for. And one of the things she brought up uh, two major things she brought up. One was she felt that AEW was too loosely structured in their production and creative work. And she actually preferred a little bit more of the WWE side of, she didn't say that specifically, but that, that, yeah. that she, there were no writers and things like that. And, and that tended to favor the people who were more prone to, to come up with their own stuff and things like that. And she felt she could have used more support on that. So that was one that- interesting aspect. Yeah. Let's tackle that first, because that's something we've talked about a lot and that we both think AEW has had a lot of um, like with the barbed wire cage match with the Jericho Mm -hmm. coming off the cage that uh, I don't not hell in the cell, the war games, basically match blood guts, a lot of technical mistakes they've made Mm -hmm. that may have to do with a little bit of a lack of structure. But we've also heard from so many veterans how much they prefer that and that they have more control of their characters, their storylines. And specifically, it's one of my favorite things about AEW, what they say when the camera is on them, the fact they can they can say it how they want to say it. So it's really interesting to get uh to hear from the other side as in I totally get as in when I've done things on television, I've been given shock. Like I was put on live television, like nationwide and given absolutely no advice on what to say or how to say it. And I much like swole in that situation would have liked a little more structure because the first few episodes of TV I was on, I looked number one, I was very sweaty. Like very, very sweaty. Number two, <laughs> I look like a deer in headlights before I yeah. figured it all out. And so I I, I appreciate hearing that from her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something I actually hadn't thought about because when I think of wrestling, I think more of veterans and people who've done this for years and are more mm-hmm. prepared to take control. So that's an interesting and, 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 and I think you can't argue it's not a solid criticism. Yeah, I think it's interesting and fair and and uh, something for them to look at. And the, one of the interesting things that she mentioned was that she had said all this in her exit interview. And I thought it was interesting that she even got an Ooh. exit interview. Yeah, I love uh, that. She didn't just very get very professional on vacation yeah, or, or, or her a wedding trash day bag with her stuff in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, um, so that that was interesting. And I and I and that, that I didn't pick up detail. on that. Yeah. Good catch. Um, but the other thing she brought up that really started the whole firestorm to end the year was um, she talked about what she called a lack of diversity uh, in leadership at and also top. on at the top and also on camera. She specifically talked about uh, representation of black wrestlers on TV and how her she told a story about her daughter talking about how when she watches Raw and SmackDown, she sees a lot of people that look like her and not as much on AEW. And she um you know felt that was something they really needed to work on right i felt she wasn't totally 
you know, overly negative about it. You know, it was just sort of sounded like a discussion kind of thing. Well, what really kicked off the firestorm was Tony Khan felt that night as he was preparing for whatever billionaire party he was going to that night uh, to respond. Tony Khan um, woke up that woke up New Year's yeah. Eve morning and chose violence. Kevin. Chose violence. Yes, he did. Uh, and uh, so he pointed out that he tweeted the top two AEW execs are brown, me and Mega, 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 Mega. Uh, and then he mentions Jade Bowen, Jade Bowens, Castor, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah and Mark Quinn all won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW Rampage Street Fight tonight. Tune into Rampage tonight. Okay. <laughs> We both we've talked about this extensively on the fight game media webs or on fight game media on Facebook mm-hmm. and off air here. Tony Khan should have kept his mouth shut. Period. Yeah, there's no and benefit. There's no benefit. It was only going to be negative, and he saw the negative. But I w- I do want to talk about the content of what he said. Mm-hmm. I don't agree greatly with much of it. Mm. But the surprising thing to me is while yes, he is brown. And Mega is brown. Mm-hmm. I it's clear, and it's clear from Twitter that's not the exact type of diversity, which is a word that I think is used very incorrectly in arguments and in yeah. the media today. It means a lot of different they were, things. Yeah, they were talking about. But what surprises me is he didn't mention the fact that they have a very African American chief brand officer. And Brandy mm-hmm. Rhodes, who is, mm-hmm. you have to say, at the top, married to an EVP, mm-hmm. chief brand officer is a legit title, very mm-hmm. high up. And um, that is a voice that that, can, that to me would be one of them that would address kind of what Swole's concerns were, which was about how the characters mm-hmm. are presented. And the fact she brought that up, I thought was was interesting. But you, go ahead with what you were going to say. Well, it's, it was interesting because she said, I don't have her quotes pulled up, but one of the things she said that I kind of wondered about was she said something about uh, there's not real representation and when there is and if at the top and when there mm-hmm. is, it doesn't feel genuine was the quote that she said. Right. They, and I, the only thing I could think of was, is that some sort of allusion to Brandy? I don't want to say that right. that's what she's saying. Or right. We don't want to put, put words, in words into her mouth at all. Right. Um, I am. But it does make me wonder if that was something she was thinking. There was something she said, and it might have been that. And again, I I should have had all these all I should have had all these quotes up for both me and you. That's on me. My apology. There was something to the effect of like something to the effect of, of maybe like when promos were there for African-American characters that it didn't quite mm-hmm. read as genuine, something yeah. to that effect, I believe she yeah. was trying to point out. Right. And um, the re- the reason I thought that was odd, like I thought I, I just a lot of this felt odd and kind of out of left field was mm-hmm. the fact that AEW is it's very well known that, mm-hmm. and she even talked about this in wanting more structure that the wrestlers are kind of given like the talking points and then they can go out and, and give the type of promo they want to give. That's number one. And number two, I one of the, my big issues with WWE for years has been their um, the way they present African-American wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Crime time. The fact that you send out, the, the and everybody wants to point out Big E in the New Day, 
Mm-hmm. And to me, like I'm older than a lot of the, the people in the group, I think. And um, I, I consider myself an elderly gentleman. Um, the fact you're sending out African-American play guys literally dancing, playing mm-hmm. horns and throwing pancakes mm-hmm. seems very like vaudevillian, like mm-hmm. re- a little inappropriate to me. Um, yeah. As in, we're, we're just we're just court jesters, mm-hmm. like, and I've liked AEW in that you've got Leo Rush and Dante Martin and Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal and um, Scorpio Sky, and they don't seem there's not this just he- heavy ethnic stamp on them that's like, hey, look at me, I'm right. African American, and and I, I've kind of liked that, but again, that's just yeah. me. I'm yeah. an old white dude, so take take that <laughs> yeah, we're, for what it's worth. We're, like we're both way. everything is grain of salt with us because we're both exactly uh, straight yeah, we, white males talking about this. So this is just our perspective. But yeah, we're two but, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, whose opinions basically don't matter on this. But I just right, want to give my show, perspective. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So deal with it. Um, I really need to memorize more 2.0 shtick to start throwing out at people here <laughs> when much, I decide yeah. to challenge. Get a them. taste. Yeah, you yeah, want a they, taste. I, you know, uh, I, I do think that if you were to just look at black representation, it, mm-hmm. especially at the top level, WWE has been a showcase for, you know, quote, black excellence on, you know, on their shows the last couple of years. Bianca, the Street Profits, uh, the Hurt Business. Uh, before all that, The Rock. You know, on and on. And before all that, The Rock. And then, you know, I mean, still, yes, there's Apollo Crews and all that. But. So I, I can see her point of saying like, yeah, if, if you know, one parent works at AEW, the other parent works at WWE with uh, Cedric Alexander mm-hmm. and their which daughter, you know, which show would they prefer their daughter to watch? If they want representation, it's going to be WWE. That does discount how much diversity in the diversity AEW has led towards, you yeah, know, when you look and, at the uh, real you know, definition of diversity, AEW has right. been phenomenal. Yeah, they're the first people to put a belt on a transgender yep. uh, character. They have gender fluid character with uh, Sunny Kiss, um, Asian, Hispanic representation. You know, number doing of Asian promos, champions, number of Hispanic promos, champions, subtitled promos yeah. in their own language. Um, you know, there's a lot they're doing, um, and you know, and I think their intention would be they would not intend to. They, they want to be a diverse company. And so hopefully, hopefully Tony as a can, you know, this to me, this has highlighted how he's at root, uh, a, a pretty thin skinned guy when it comes to getting criticized. Yeah. And I think I really hope he's learned a lesson from this is, is, you know, maybe the response isn't to dig in and try to try to prove other people wrong, but maybe to just yeah. say, Hey, I heard that I'm listening, stay tuned, you know, yep. because what I, what I think with a real shame would be, and it seems like, so Leo Rush was one of the people who really spoke out and, yeah. you know, seemed pretty heated about the whole thing. And, and he seems like he had contact and they, they worked something out and he felt, he felt like he was heard. Um, I, I think the real that. shame would be, to hear that. yeah, Leo, Leo put out a statement that said that he, he had spoken with Tony, uh, directly and um, and and he was able to say what he felt he needed to say to him. I'm, uh, I'm glad, I'd, particularly because Leo, that there was there was a racial slant to he spoke out in a way at WWE, which I could be wrong. Yeah. 
I think it led to his getting fired from WWE or his leaving WWE. And I didn't want that to happen to a guy that seems like mm-hmm. a really good dude. I, I'm glad it got worked out. or, or retire again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, the one thing I really hope is that, um, this, that he, that Tony Khan is able to handle this experience in a way that shows, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, the Keith Lee's and the Swerve Scott's and the people yeah. who are out there who could be those people that Swole yeah. says uh, she would like to see her daughter watch on TV, that they're not turned off by this whole thing and are able to, you know, yeah, that, that basically doesn't become a self-fulfilling prophecy. And, and I think it is something we've, we talked about. In fact, we talked about on, um, on the, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a quick break here because I want to talk right. about nice segue, this leads yeah. this leads into something. Yeah. So we'll get back to the main show here in a second, but I want to tell you about what we're doing for our bonus Patreon show in January. In addition to all the podcasts we have on fight game media network plus, which is of course the Patreon $5 a month. Um, all of our shows in our free feed are doing monthly bonus shows exclusively for the Patreon. And this month for January, Kevin and I joined the host of the dynamite show. Uh, Paul and Jeff, and we did the Hook Awards. We did our, our 2021 Year in Review Awards, and one of the things I brought up there about the women's division was it always was a work in progress because when AEW started, WWE had gone heavy. They had signed, at least in my opinion, like most of the great women out there, most of the, the women available. And as those women would slowly get cut or leave like Ty Conti, AW is bringing them in. And of course they're borrowing wrestlers from the NWA to help fill out that roster and bringing in the Yoshis from Japan to help fill out that roster. And the thing is that also was being done with the men's roster as well. WWE was signing people kind of just to keep them from signing with AEW. And as those, as, as that massive bloated roster is getting cold, I'm hoping, like, I, I think AEW, I think Keith Lee's got to be number one on their list for that very reason. They've clearly been trying to bring in more African-American men because that is, when you look at the titles, the world championship has been all white males. And I know Tony Khan sees that. I know Tony Khan knows that. And I know he wants a top guy. And there haven't been a lot of those top guys as in there's great guys. Leo Rush is great, but Leo Rush weighs 35 pounds, Yeah, <laughs> 35 pounds soaking wet. Jay Lethal's great, but he's a little small and he's nearing the end of his career. Mm-hmm. And um, Scorpio Sky, I think everybody wanted him to be great. And he's really good. He just hasn't been able to break through yet. But I'm, mm-hmm. I, I know I look, I love Keith Lee. I've met Keith Lee. I've watched him wrestle. I've probably seen him. Re- I saw him wrestle. 15 times in a weekend at WrestleMania, the one where Daniel Bryan won the title. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really want it to be Keith Lee. I really like the guy. I'm glad he's a free agent. And I hope Tony Khan break, brings him in. But that's something we talked exclusively about on our Patreon bonus show. Look, the Patreon, FightGameMedia, Patreon.com slash FightGameMedia. Plus, uh, it's $5 a month. That's pocket change. You can you can pay us in pennies. Send it to me. DM me. I'll give you my address. Don't let's not talk to Garrett about this at all. But yeah, <laughs> it, would, it would help me. It'll help Kevin. It helps everybody at Fight Game Media. A lot of great bonus shows, and you're helping out the host that you know and love. Also, me as well. So, uh, yeah, I hope you'll tune into that. Now back to the the main topic. Um, so after all this happened, 
The the wrestling world is at war. By the way, Ricky Starks is the smartest man in professional wrestling. That man deactivated his Twitter. I don't know if you know about the meme with with, with the young African American kid kind of flashing the peace sign and then yep. fading out. That's yep. what Ricky Starks did. Smartest man in the business. I hope he did that and then immediately turned off his light and went to bed, like tucked himself in. That was the smart thing to do. I'm not smart. I kept talking about it with people and getting angry and um, and then eventually logged off went to bed and held my poor shaking dog who was under assault from everybody in this neighborhood that wanted to celebrate 703 p.m new year's eve come on yep. people i'll give you 11 to 1 but come on i did see uh on twitter uh swerve scott uh shane strickland whatever he's going by right now mm-hmm. he's still swerve on uh twitter uh this morning i can't remember if it was this morning or last i think it was last night Mm-hmm. Um, in the evening, uh, just tweeted. Uh, so this is twenty two. What did I miss? <laughs> That's great. And of course, but I think he had a similar similar thing of like, I just need to sit back and see how this plays out before I wait. Yeah. In. And there were a lot of AEW guys that came out to defend Tony Khan. Yeah. And 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 like African American wrestlers. And immediately, I was like, oh. Like, this is not a good idea. Like, I love what you're doing. Like, I love mm-hmm. to me, they're good guys for mm-hmm. saying, like, I don't agree with with like, I don't agree. This is my mm-hmm. take on on diversity mm-hmm. in AEW. They right. got roasted, man. They got roasted. Um, yeah. Will Hobbs. I actually I love to see what Will Hobbs had to say. I found out that Captain Sean Dean, who we all know from Dark and Dark Elevation, is actually head of. um He's head of extras, which kind of mm-hmm. means he's bringing in these wrestlers who are getting annihilated by uh, by by the wingmen on AEW yep. <laughs> Dark and, and Dark Elevation. Which yeah. I, I I'm really glad to know that uh, he has a bigger role in the company there. Like I, yeah, that's cool. That was one of the good things that came out of this. I found out about his mm-hmm. role, and he said, like, look, I am. He's basically saying, I am in the mix. I am in the leadership here. Maybe not at the very top, but in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm working for mm-hmm. this every day. And I just like knowing that about Sean Dean. All I knew was he's a pretty yeah. good wrestler who I've grown to like over the last year or two in AEW. Yeah. But then well, it seems like, yeah, it seems like they, it seems like things have calmed down a little bit and people are. I'm really glad to see that. I'm really glad to see that. Um, but yeah, Tony Khan, very thin skinned, a lot like me. I'm very thin skinned. I don't take it well. And that's one of the reasons I try and I try and avoid online fights. I really try because I don't take things well. Um, just in case any of you are ever thinking of, of, of coming at me with anything, you're going to catch some fire. You're going to catch yep. it. Um, no, but uh, then when you think things can't get any hotter, Sammy Guevara decides, you know what? As you posted, as you dropped in the Fight Game Media Group, yes. what better time to announce to all the fans that drove Ty Conti off of Twitter? Yes, we are together with all the photos of them making out, like professional photos that were set up. My God. That yep. man just, just that again. That's two men that woke up and chose violence that day. That's right. And, that, and yeah. what was great is I think he made the right choice, Kevin. Because while I think a lot of people, like I made the joke that Tony Khan gave him the call to take right. heat off him, I th- like nobody. I, I didn't yeah. see anybody really responding to it. They were too mm-hmm. hot. Like all the people that usually just want to want to cause 
an, a riot on Twitter. They were already rioting over something. Right. They didn't give a crap about this. That's right. That was it's the equivalent of uh, I forget what they call it, like the Saturday morning news dump in yeah. Washington, D.C. Whenever they after the press has gone home for the weekend, that's when they drop all the bad news because they know it's not going to get the coverage. It's exactly what Sammy did. That's something my dad taught me as a kid. He's like, pay attention to what they drop Friday evening, Saturday morning. That's what mm-hmm. they don't want you to see. It was a brilliant, it was a brilliant move by Sammy. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant and hilarious, but good for them. I hope they, I hope they, they, they're together for fifty, a hundred years and yes. have beautiful Hispanic children. They would have God with those children. children. They would have the most beautiful children. Good lord. Um, okay, so let's let's go over some of the interesting things that happened in AEW this week in the ring. Um, going back to Dynamite. I'm wondering what we're building towards with the whole Christian thing. Like mm-hmm. I talked about how it seemed like he was speaking a little more heelish about a month ago, maybe one of the mm-hmm. early episodes of the boom. And, uh, and here we have, he, he, he tags himself in when Pentagon is just getting heated up to make his move, finish the match. Christian tags himself in, he and Pentagon get into it. FTR being the wily veteran, some of the best in the world. They take advantage. They get the pin. This leads to heat between Christian and Pentagon. It also leads to Christian kind of instigating Jurassic, Jurassic Express getting a match this coming Wednesday on Dynamite for the belts with the Lucha Brothers. But I feel like they're making a move with Christian here. He gets buried mm-hmm. by Pentagon saying, if you're if you're such a legend, why can't you like you can't even be a decent tag team partner to us? He tells uh he tells um Jungle Boy, like, look, if you're the future, you need to drop the past as he's pointing at, at Christian Cage. I'm wondering what okay, if Christian is gonna be the bad guy, if he is maybe gonna be a heel. Who is he going to like? Who is the feud going to be with? I don't think it's going to be with Pentagon. I'm just interested in what direction you think this is going. I don't know if I were to make a prediction, I would I would say it's probably going to slow burn a little longer. I could see Christian helping them win. the. First of all, I think they'll win the titles next week. I think they'll want a big I think they'll want a big. uh, Big title change on the first TBS show, which Mm -hmm. that's when their match is going to be. Um, and I'm also saying that so that uh, Hangman Page doesn't win the title, <laughs> doesn't lose the title. I mean, doesn't lose the but, title. Yeah, yeah, doesn't lose the title. But uh, I think that I think that would be the big match where they see a title change on the first show. Jungle Boy gets the win. I think Christian we, probably helps them win in a little which nefarious is we, way. We, we talked about a few weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. But I think they don't pull the trigger right then. I think it probably, I think probably whatever the length of that title reign is, and I would anticipate it to be a short one, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's probably going to, the story that's going to be is what kind of team do they want to be? Do they, does Christian trying to pull them to the dark side, help them, yeah. you know, cut corners and things. And ultimately I think what it's going to do is spin off into jungle boy Christian, mm-hmm. um, which someone said that he uh, maybe it was on the the Hook Award show where we talked about that Christian is uh, kind of mentoring Jungle Boy behind the scenes as well, which I'm sure he is just being paired together. Yeah. But uh, I could see that being like a, you know, project for Christian to work mm-hmm. on. I think it's time. It's time for Christian to do something interesting like that. Yeah. Um, so poor Luchasaurus will probably get found out in the cold, though. <laughs> well, Luchasaurus is a guy that you can move pretty easily into the singles 
realm and he'd yeah. he'd be a, a good kind of upper mid card singles guy you know one of the things again i i'm going to give you every episode multiple things i criticize wwe about i think that's <laughs> going to be a running theme no matter how many years this show goes yeah but one of the many things i've criticized wwe about is i once went through the women's roster and mm-hmm. found that of the i don't know how many women 40 50 women four had not held gold Exactly four wow. in the entire WWE. And that's one thing that bothered me is how often belt title belts change, how everybody has the belts. That said, I'm going to be a complete hypocrite here. And I'm like, I wonder I wonder if, if Jurassic Express is ever going to get the belts. I actually was thinking they wouldn't. And then it's like, mm-hmm. I want proud and powerful. I, I really want them to have a run with the belts. But then mm-hmm. I also don't want everybody to have the belts. Some great, some really good teams probably should never have the belts. But um, I think that would be really interesting, especially if the title reign of Jurassic Express is leads to the breakup of Jurassic Express. And that's, and again, I'm not big on, on, on really good tag teams being broken up, but that's a tag team where both guys probably do have brighter futures as singles. And then, yeah. and then of course, some, somebody out there, we can, you know, we can, I'm sure there's somebody willing to adopt Marco stunt. You know, I think there's a lot of room for all of them to do a lot of things. Yeah. But maybe um, 2.0 needs another son. Oh my God. I would love to see Marco stunt as 2.0's juvenile delinquent. That would be amazing. <laughs> Kevin, I love all your ideas. I really do. I've loved, I've loved everything. We've almost every episode. You've got one that people outside of this podcast, like bring up to me, like Kevin made a really good point. I'm like, <laughs> I'm totally fine. But never being the guy that brings up good points. I am fine with that. Cause I'm here for years. Okay. Now we have, uh, we had 2.0 uh, and Daniel Garcia. I really enjoyed their match. I really liked the mm-hmm. match a lot. Um, but then at the end, of course, because they're hooligans, they're 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 beating down the opponents. They're beating down Santana, Ortiz, Eddie Kingston, uh, and uh, and Chris Jericho comes out for the save, which is the clearest thing in the world. They've they've beat up Chris Jericho. They clearly concussed him. They're beating up his his guys from the inner circle. Eddie Kingston wasn't having this. Eddie Kingston was angry. Eddie Kingston wanted to be the guy to make his own save, and uh, this is leading to heat. And I'm wondering, is this leading to a Jericho uh, Kingston tag team? Is this leading to a Jericho Kingston feud? I'm excited to see where this is going because I really like everybody involved. Yeah, me too. And I, it, it's kind of funny how Eddie Kingston's, he just always seems to get in trouble with the popular guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. punk and, you know, all that. So he's got all these little mini feuds going and he never really has you know, the one big defining feud, you know, the punk feud was like one match and done. Yeah. Uh, you know, he had a little trouble with uh, Danielson when they had the tournament yeah. match, you know, and then they had, a but it's always, it's, top guys. it's always, it's always top, top guys. It's always top guys, which means top guys probably want to work with him. And then we have, again, we have, like you said, we have all these mini feuds. We, I look, I'm still waiting to see the man finish his cake. I've never right. <laughs> seen on camera that he has been able to finish his cake backstage. Mm-hmm. They've left me hanging. I need resolution, Kevin. I really well, need yeah. resolution. What, I, people complain that he doesn't get the win, but you know, all we need is if he gets his cake. If if we have one episode where he gets the win, and then the last shot of the episode is just him eating his cake in peace, I would that, give that's it. a season finale potential there. I would give anything for this ultra cinematic scene where there are people like he starts out the scene 
eating his cake in the middle of a large room mm-hmm. and a feud breaks out in front of him. And then a, a, like the battle goes behind him. There's men behind him in front of him and he just eats his cake, man. And hot-headed, <laughs> hot-headed Eddie Kingston, yep. he chooses peace that day, and he just finishes his cake, wipes his mouth, chaos around the him. room, while chaos is, yeah, chaos is, let it be chaos. Let chaos be one of these factions. <laughs> Have Sue powerbombing men through tables. Yes. Give me that. I, I would absolutely adore that. So then we had a, a, a fascinating MJF promo. He's sitting here. Sean Spears is super excited to be a part of things, like always. Wardlow is sitting with his head down because Wardlow, he knows he's in here with a couple of goofs. He knows mm-hmm. these guys are, are assholes. And uh, we find out that Wardrow's con- Wardlow's Wardrow's Wardlow's contract states yes. that all any money he gets from T-shirts goes to MJF, and any title belt he wins goes to MJF. And MJF starts talking about the like the um. Oh, what is it like a face of the revolution ladder match, which I didn't realize was coming up soon. It very clearly is. Now Wardlow is going to win that, win the TNT title and hand it over to MJF. And, um, and they might've given us a date right there, even though we don't have a date for it. Is that when Wardlow makes the turn? I mean, the last one was at revolution, right? When they did the yeah. face of the revolution. So that's March. That's a yeah. little while away. That is a little while. Yeah. Although I guess that is the next pay-per-view would be March, right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the, I guess they'll drag it out or maybe stretch it out till then. You know, I the contract thing made of... me laugh because yeah. they. Br- I love how he brought in smart Mark Sterling, who, you know, assuming that he that he drew it up and he was not Taz's lawyer who has contract yeah. issues. So I guess he probably. But yeah, we have a lot of wild heel interconnectivity all based around smart Mark, smart Sterling. Mm -hmm. I have a very large whiteboard. I might try and lay this out during the (laughs) break and maybe we can try and do video again next week because you've got, you got him with Jade. You've got him working for, I think he's done some work for Andrade. Mm -hmm. We although Andrade has his large network. And now you've got the MJF connectivity there with team Taz and Mm -hmm. Jade through Mark Sterling. I love just having a random evil lawyer hanging about working for everybody. I do. I do like that too. He, he kind of annoyed me at first, but I like, I like having him just be, he's just a, he's just a shady entertainment lawyer. And he yep. basically has Wardlow on a WWE contract, which, <laughs> that's right. That's right. which now, I would love Twitch like Wardlow money. being mad that he can't, that he can't do a Twitch stream. Oh like I would God. totally watch the word. I honestly Twitch can't stream. believe they didn't throw that in there. The fact that like any Twitch yeah, they money totally he would should. get. Yeah. Oh my God. That would be fun too. As if like, I, you know, I, I, I love it when they, when they come up with logical things, like, you know, even if it doesn't actually make sense that he would own that much, but, but that they have some sort of story for it. It'd be fun to see like if, um, if Wardlow somehow gets his release, but there's like a 90 day clause. And, uh, yeah. you know, so it's like, okay, we're done. We're over. We hate each other. But for the next 90 days, you're still in my, uh, that would be, awesome. you know, employ. And then you basically have three months of, or 60 days or whatever they want to make it, you know, where, where Wardlow is still there, but he hates him. So it's like, he has to do what he says, but then we'll beat him up later. You know, I don't know. There's a lot of different things they could do. If they had a falling out over in the next two weeks, you could do the 90 day deal and it would end at revolution. Mm-hmm. At the at the ladder match, that's not a bad yeah. Idea that'd be either. great. Okay, I've got a totally total left field question here for oh. you. 
Go for um, it. Because it's something that I, I, I don't know who – there's somebody on – there was somebody on Dynamite. I don't know who they are. It's a new guy in the Hardy family office. Just a random dude. Is that that Jorah Jora yeah. Jingleheimer Schmidt guy? Yes, that is who it is. Do you have Jor- any – Jorah I don't know anything about him. No, I can't say his name. I literally we rewatched Dynamite a half hour before we started this podcast. I don't remember the name. I know nothing. And I was kind of hoping we were going to be winding down the Hardy family office. And then we're just yeah. getting new people nope. in it. And I'm like, man, no. like Jora Jorgerson, Jora Joel could be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. This has nothing to do yeah. with him. It's just like. They threw him in, and I don't think we got a promo out. I don't think we got a backstage segment like, hey, guys, Mm-mm. here's Jorah. Meet Jorah. We got none of that. I think also, he did that. Yeah, I think he did that on Dark, but you can't ever yeah. count on that. No. And again, I, I've, for whatever reason, last couple of weeks, I've been missing more of Dark and Dark Elevation than I should. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get back mm-hmm. on top of that very, very soon. But even, it's like even... um. Oh, my God. My mind just totally blanked. They've done this a number of times with different factions. They have. Mm-hmm. But generally, you'll get a lot of promos where that person is involved, such mm-hmm. as the man whose name just slipped my mind, the newest member of Best Friends. Wheeler. Um, Wheeler. Yeah. Where you got multiple weeks of Wheeler Yuta being schooled mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. the Best Friends, watching video- tape of his match. And then, of course, Chris Statlander politely but lovingly choking the man unconscious in hotel rooms. <laughs> it, like we like they just Wheeler Yuta was just there, but then we right. at least met him. And I don't right. feel like I've met Jory yet. Right. Or whatever his name is. God well, me. and we talked about on the on that uh, Patreon episode uh, with the hook awards of, of we would like to. I think it was one of my awards was to get rid of the Hardy family office of how it's just become a. A vacuum of of charisma yeah. and, and energy that yeah. that just drags people down and it takes well, you know. I, I feel like early on it helped propel pri- made private party feel like a bigger deal mm-hmm. because totally. they were they were in a bigger feud and they had Matt Hardy with them. But that is done. That like I I would like to see them on their own again. Um, Butcher and the yeah. Blade are fantastic by themselves with the Bunny, mm-hmm. who we're going to talk a lot mm-hmm. more about during oh, later yeah. in this episode. Okay, so what was next on Dynamite? We had Wardlow versus Colin Delaney, and I've I've gone back and forth in my head about this opponent because Dark and Dark Elevation have given us so many familiar names who we. Uh, let's say Captain Sean Dean. You could have given us Captain Sean Dean. It could have been almost an equal beatdown. It could have been Peter Avalon. Um, and you could give him the same beatdown. You could give him the the multiple power bombs, and it feels like a little bit bigger deal because it's a name you know. Uh, as opposed to 0-1 Colin Delaney, yeah. uh, who jo- Jim Ross was comparing to some old song about another, like the death of somebody Delaney. Either way... I do really like seeing Wardlow just powerbomb people every week. And I think he did one more powerbomb this week than last week. So I'm hoping we get five powerbombs next week. Yeah. Yeah. They just like add that. one every week. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a great move. I'd love to see it. Um, so then we had Dan Lambert come out. He got into it with Brandy Rhodes. Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of Brandy appearances, but I was a big fan of this one. Um, 
with an incredibly memorable line. I don't know if you can put this on a T-shirt, but I wish they could. She said, uh, oh, you're a black belt? Well, I'm a black bitch. Let's go. Yeah. And she starts. And I love the move. I love that she started taking off her heels and her earrings. Mm -hmm. And then Dustin Rhodes runs in. And I've got to tell you, listen, everybody that has Dynamite recorded, go back. Go back to that moment where Brandy starts taking off her shoes. The appearance of Dustin with this with his face paint, the way he runs to the ring, he looked like like a, a a wounded orc, like he was stumbling to the ring. It was the most awkward run I've ever seen, and maybe the first time I've ever kind of felt bad for Dustin Rhodes before he then just gets attacked by the men of the year, goes down, and then they just leave. They're like, okay, yeah. we're going to be about our business. We're out. Right. And um, but I also like the line. She's like, you basically you're a low rent, um, Paul Heyman, and I right. really liked his line. Like, mm -hmm. I'm more I of a prefer Jim, Jim Cornette. Cornette. Yeah, prefer Jim Cornette. That was perfect. That's a great heel line. It's so great. Yeah, yeah I I I have a little. I don't know. Brandy just gets on my nerves. I I watched yeah. the uh, Rose of the Top show, and that really soured me on her. Uh, yeah, that might be the big problem here. Uh, I, uh, I quit. And so when when she turns on when she turns on a uh, street fight and brandy voice, uh, I kind of roll my eyes a little it bit. Kind of it's cringy. It was still entertaining. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things that I realized when um, uh, watching rewatching that today after uh, I watched um, day one the WWE pay per view last night, mm -hmm. that I realized that. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky are basically the same characters as Happy Corbin and Mad Cat Moss. They're just one's a little more realistic yeah. than the other. They're, they're sort of the cartoon version, but basically their job is to come out, just cut down people with lines and make jokes or whatever, mm -hmm. and then wildly overreact to everything that the, happens to them. The laughter in response to the jokes yeah. by, Jay, by um, Scorpio Sky. Yes. Well, I mean, by both guys, it's, so, yeah. it's gotten so like it, I really notice it now. Like early on, I didn't notice it as much. I was more focused on Dan Lambert. Uh -huh. Now I'm more used to Dan Lambert. Like I'm really watching these guys over overperform their yes. laughter. And oh, it's not good. It's not. Good, man. <laughs> they're but they're doing least, it for the cheap seats for yeah, sure. But at the very least, at least their entire character isn't based around the fact that they're madcap or happy. That's true. There's at least that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, one thing that was weird about that segment, though, was why didn't Cody come out? Like, why Dustin? Yeah. It, it, to me, it was like they're building Friday as the title match. Mm -hmm. And it was taped that same day. So even for the live crowd, like, why wouldn't why would that's Cody a really great question? It hadn't hadn't you know, hit me. I was wondering just why being like, only oh, my Dustin. wife's going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know, yeah. Randy's going off again. I got it. You know, he could come out kind of reluctantly be like, all right, this is getting out of hand and then get taken out, you know, and that would have actually played into the match. It would have, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It was just odd to me. Also, the fact you have a very large nightmare family and the fact yeah. your wife is now facing off with three people and right. like nobody else could get out there. Only right. Dustin, who runs out yeah. late. And again, like an injured orc, just the run is was so bad. I think everyone's really, really, really paranoid about tripping on those ramps. I think so. And again, there was one week. Although, if you're if there's anywhere you're going to be comfortable, it'd be Daly's place, right? Like, yeah, you'd think they they've had over fifty shows there. 
mm-hmm. and and some one of the, at least one of those recordings they recorded like um like two months right. worth of footage in, in like one day right. like if you're going to be comfortable anywhere that's the place to be comfortable mm-hmm. um so then okay so this is something i want to talk about i i saw okay thunder rosa jade cargill um on New Year's Eve, there were a lot of people making comparisons that I don't want to get into between Big Swole and Jade and all these other things. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard a lot of people complain about what a bad wrestler Jade Cargill is. Mm-hmm. And I don't think she's an advanced wrestler by any means. I think she's a very basic wrestler. But I, my opinion has been all these basic moves she's done, she's done well. And so I went back and I watched this match earlier today. And I watched mm-hmm. it like through a microscope. And there were only two things in this entire match that I thought were were screw ups. Number one, Thunder Rosa tripped coming off the the, the second rope, I believe. She tripped mm-hmm. and started to fall, and she she recovered. And then Jade Cargill gave a knee to Thunder Rosa that was at like forty or fifty percent speed, which mm-hmm. is a big pet peeve of mine. The really yeah. slow moves. Other than that, like look. Was it not the best match in the world? Maybe because Jade Cargill's limited? Probably so. But everything else in that match that either woman was supposed to do, I thought they did well. And I didn't I didn't think anybody in there was a bad wrestler. Like that was my take on it. And if anybody disagrees, like saw a really big screw up by by Jade Cargill, I would really, and I'm being honest, I would love for somebody to tell me, like, what am I not seeing that you're seeing that makes that makes Jade Cargill such a bad wrestler because I thought mm-hmm. she wrestled a good match. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that you that you most often see with someone who's inexperienced and maybe not ready for prime time is the mm-hmm. sort of the look in their eye that they're not quite in the moment. You know that they're sort yeah, of yeah, like they're, they're a few seconds like behind. Right, that's something I always see with Anna J. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes. saw in the street fight with Anna J. I did not see that with. Jade. No, Jade was actually doing a pretty good job of selling a knee where, you know, she just had this sort of wincy face, you know, every time she did something, she wasn't overselling the knee with her limp or whatever, mm-hmm. but she, you know, every time she would do something or cause her to plan on that leg, she looked like, oh, this hurts. Yeah. You know, it's not like Ricky Morton or anything, but like, <laughs> exactly. I, I agree. Like, you know, maybe, you know, it. It probably is too soon for her to be a champion and she may not be a great, you know, champion who can elevate other people. Uh, and there's probably people who, quote, deserve it more. Right. But I'm not mad at it. No. You know, if she gets the belt and is the first TBS I, champion because she'll she's she she is a star. Yes. That's the thing is from her first appearance. She has been a star. She looks like a million bucks. Again, she is learning progressively. She has never looked to me. She's never been put in a position to look incredibly green like some other mm-hmm. wrestlers have continually on AW. I thought they've done a phenomenal job of building her. She has the potential with her look, her body, her strength, her size, all of it, to be one of the biggest women in wrestling history. Mm-hmm. And I think AEW knows that, and they're they're doing everything they can to not handicap her. But from the day, I don't remember who I saw say this, 
but somebody that knows the wrestling business really well. I hate that I can't remember who it was. From the second they announced the TBS title, I saw somebody calling it the Jade Cargill title. Yeah. Basically, somebody was saying they've created this title for Jade Cargill. Mm-hmm. So I always thought she'd be here. I always mm-hmm. thought she'd be here. And I think ha- seeing her beat Thunder Rosa with the help of Mercedes Martinez, who we're, we're about to get to, um, I would be kind of surprised if Ruby if, if Ruby Soho beats her. Um, I'm I'm fine with either one as champion. Ruby Soho is the more experienced, but I also like that um, AEW has not forsaken their people as they sign these new superstars. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that we didn't immediately put the title on Punk or Brian Danielson. And if they give it to if they give it to Ruby, great. I've I've listened to that song to Ruby Soho 5,000 <laughs> times this year, no matter what spot yep. Spotify says 38. That is incorrect. Spotify. <laughs> it was like 38 in three hours. Um, like I'm into it either way, mm-hmm. but I don't think anybody should be shocked or surprised if Jade gets this. And the thing is you like WCW put the belt on Goldberg. It's the same thing. You can take it off of them mm-hmm. just as easy. They don't need when you're a monster heel, the goal isn't for you to go out there and put on a technical masterpiece. The goal is for, like, if, if it's Goldberg in the ring with the belt, the goal is for Jungle Boy to bounce off of him for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's the goal, and you can do that with uh, Jade Cargill, and she is a perfectly competent enough wrestler for smaller women to bounce off of her, for a Riho to fly around on top of her and her no-sell it for 30 minutes. Because, look, when you're a giant like her, no selling is, is a part of the game that you should be doing. It's not something yep. you shouldn't be doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I yeah. wouldn't hate right now a, a, a Jade Cargill. Again, I was about to say presidency. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Jade Cargill title reign yes. as the TBS champion. Yeah. And I, um, you know, and I would. We've talked about protecting people like, uh, you know, how well Sting is laid out, you know, yeah. that they know exactly what Sting can do and what he can't. And obviously he's going to be able to do things better than her and know his limitations and stuff. Yeah. But as long as they keep it simple and don't feel the need to say, oh, this is her chance to do a 25 minute classic. <laughs> yeah. You know, we don't need not gonna a happen. Jay Cargill Broadway. We don't no. need that. You need her looking dominant at the top of the hour or at the end of the hour because the thing that she brings to that is the name of the network of the show is on her belt. And, uh, you know, when Entertainment Weekly or Variety or those kind of things do articles on the growth of AEW, she needs to be one of those faces. Yeah, because she that, needs to she's be an in eye that photo shoot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Mercedes Martinez, um, I'm excited about her. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we've been talking a lot about the how how the AW had a decent like top of the female roster, and now they're filling it out. They are adding a lot of depth to this roster. And when you go to like the, I, I think it's like called Pro Wrestling Database. I can't remember. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I think I have it pulled up. Uh, ProFightDB.com is a great place where you can go find a list of everybody's matches. I went to see like who had she wrestled the most recently with. Where she, where she was last and since she's been in since she left NXT she's been on the Indies and she has been working with Thunder Rosa on the Indies and apparently mm. having some very good matches so it feels like we're going to branch Thunder Rosa off here from immediately going to try and get that title back to a feud with Mercedes Martinez most likely and uh, that's a great way to welcome her into the company and get some great matches
snatches out of her as she kind of gets back in the in the swing of things. And I'm excited about it. Yeah, I think I think it's cool. She's cool. Um, I think, you know, uh, I hate to say she's old, but she's yeah. very experienced, you know, that yeah. that that she has a very veteran look to her, you know, that I don't know if she's going to be someone that they'll put on the top as a, as a champion, because I think they'll be focused on the younger talent, but yeah, she'll be able to have a great match with Thunder Rosa. And I, I, I'm especially glad to hear that, that it might be like, she'll be spin off into her own thing and not become the Jamie hater for Jade Cargill. I, that's what I would right. not like to see is that she becomes just a heavy, you know, I'll, if they're going to bring in more people, they they need to have their own stories and their own personalities and things like that. And she can be really cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And look, this isn't something I think you have to worry about, but um, I can tell you. Like if, if you're on a date with a woman and you look her in the eye and say you have a real veteran look about you, a lot of times that's <laughs> not going to go over well and you might not get that second date. Um, yeah. OK, let's see. So next up. Actually, can you start talking about Rampage because I'm not afraid to say on the air. Somehow my laptop mm-hmm. got unplugged and I have to replug it in real quick before it dies. If you want, okay. if you want to get going on Rampage, I'll be able to hear you. Yeah. So one of the things uh, that Rampage has been doing is it's pretty much the home of Cody uh, and the TNT title. He won the title last week. Uh, we didn't get to talk about that. Uh, because we took the week, uh, week off for Christmas, but so Cody's the champion again. Uh, right. Sammy is reduced back to doing card cue card messaging on this, uh, commercial break. And then Cody's I'll say already this, defending I the title the every week. card messaging. I, I also, do love the cue card messaging. I, it, it kind I, of I, I think it's one of the great gimmicks that he COVID does. Days. Yeah. But one yeah. of the great things from the cue card message was in my mind, Again, I don't have the best memory these days due to a sleep issue and uh, COVID time during COVID time. It's weird. In my mind, Sammy won the title two weeks ago. Sammy had five title defenses. Five. That was crazy. Reading his cue cards and realizing this man had defended five times. That was that was a nice little run. And it was a little run. And we all know it Mm -hmm. won't be his last run. That was Sammy's first run. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not mad. at. I know some people were like, you know, he didn't get a chance or things like that. I think there's a little bit too much of that going around. Yeah. Like, I mean, in a perfect world, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more. But Mm -hmm. again, five matches isn't terrible. And and again, I don't I like the idea that AEW wants everybody to have kind of long, significant title runs. But there's Mm -hmm. you always need to me in wrestling. There there needs to be the occasional Ronnie Garvin. There needs to be mm-hmm. somebody that wins the title and has it for like a month. There needs to yeah. be a few transitional champions during that time. And right. doing it with a young up-and-comer, I think, is the way to do it, to signal like, hey, they're kind of there. They're not all the mm-hmm. way there, but they're kind of there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a yeah. Jurassic Express world yes. tag title run. Right. And Sammy, you know, people were like, oh, he wasn't mad enough that he lost. But I was like, well, but he's dating Tay Conti, so how bad can it be? Exactly. He That man has better things to worry about right now right. than some piddling gold around his waist. Yep. Let's see. We had um, Darby Allen versus Anthony Bowens. Again, 
They've done a they did a great job of building Max Caster and telling mm. us Max Caster was the man in that tag team. And now they spent a few months letting us know, hey, Anthony Bowens is legit too. And yep. we get we've been getting see we've been getting a chance to see some really good matches out of him, and that was no exception. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Then the street fight. The street fight. Okay. I think we may differ a little on the street fight. Let's first talk about the build to the street fight. Um, When they first announced it on Dynamite, or whenever they first announced it, a lot of eyes rolled. Nobody wanted to see this match. Anna Jay is is just incredibly green. Mm -hmm. Penelope Ford and the Bunny have been getting better still. The, like the green isn't totally off them. Ty Conti was a vastly improved this year. A lot of people think may have taken a few steps back, but then we started hearing this match is awesome. I heard Brian Alvarez say, like mm-hmm. I've been hearing from a lot of people, this match is awesome. Then he uses the word bloodbath. I'm like, wait, what? Like I've yeah. heard awesome. That's one thing. Bloodbath. That's another. Then we started hearing comparisons to Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker, and I was like, I, I've got to see this, man. Now, like, I, this is just a, it's almost like a freak show now. Like, yeah. these women are going to put on an exciting match. Um, you, however, didn't love the match. That's what I'm hearing. I'm, That's just I'm word trying, on the street. Yeah, it's word on the street. I was the contrarian yeah. in the uh, Facebook group uh, and pretty much got shut down. Uh, I was I was on an island. But, um, I you know, I don't know. I I watched it again today. Uh, I will say I was probably too hard on it the first time. Uh, and, and some of it just, it, it felt contrived to me that they would go to this ultra violence that quickly. And yeah. that was a little bit of what I talked about in the group was, you know, I wish that we had seen something that was sort of like led to it of, uh, you know, yeah. they had matches They're They're having a feud, like it was time to do some sort of big blow off. Yeah. So I don't have an issue with that, but like what I would have liked to have seen was, you know, if you're going to do blood, uh, I do it in an angle a, broken, a week ago. Yeah. I didn't expect a broken like glass bottle. Right. Like, like well, to yeah, shake people with. I feel like what happened was they, I don't know. There was just something about it that felt like it, instead of like, we have this great story we want to tell, and this is yeah. the story we want to tell. It was like, hey, we're, we want to get a lot of attention on New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. So here's a checklist of hardcore match spots to do. Yeah. Pick which ones and who's going to do it and all that. And then they just sort of went spot to spot to spot to spot. And I think of when I walk, looking back, they all worked their butts off and they all yeah. sacrificed. And I, I do not want this to be heard as like, I'm not giving them their props because they, they all pushed themselves further than they ever had to do, you know? Uh, but like, I, you know, but like Anna J just wasn't good. You know, she has that same face thing that, that I didn't believe <laughs> she looked, it was kind of the Vaughn Wagner thing of like, she, you know, she seemed understandably uncomfortable, Mm-hmm. In the match when she was going through spots, I didn't buy it the way that Tay can sell that like Latina rage, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, and and I and I bought Penelope, and my gosh, the bunny was the MVP oh. of the match. Yes, she was. Hundred uh, percent. You know, she was the one who was like, "Okay, you're in this match." The rest of them were all kind of like along for the ride. I felt like, and so there was a part of me where I was like, "Ah, you know, I don't know." I felt. I feel like I don't know. I don't know. 
my take was their feud has been going i don't know in my mind Man, like many four months and half, four and a half yeah. years four and a half years about something like that and um and i think they were they were given the opportunity like you said given mm-hmm. the list mm-hmm. and i think they i think these women all being fairly green to some extent mm-hmm. just not that many years in wrestling um I think they got they were handed that list and were so excited to be given that opportunity that yeah. they're like, we're marking everybody. We're doing everything. We want right. to do everything. Just the, the idea they got this opportunity. I think they were so excited. Mm-hmm. And look, the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match mm-hmm. out, out of out of if it's one, zero to ten stars, mm-hmm. that was like eight. I don't know. Let's give it eight stars. It was sure. really good. Mm-hmm. This would be like a. a maybe a five and a half or a six maybe Mm -hmm. but from people that nobody expected more than two from yeah everybody expected this to be a like a cringe worthy match and it wasn't it was better Mm -hmm. than that and i think i think it's one of those things where it's something i've seen a lot covering the ufc professionally for a lot of years where say um somebody will give john jones a really good match They'll give him mm-hmm. a way better match than anybody expected. And so everybody wants to say they won the match. Well, it's like, no, they didn't win. They gave him a hard time, but they he still won those rounds. But you're seeing mm-hmm. it all you're seeing it differently because it was so much better than you expected. And I think that's a lot mm-hmm. of this. Is like this wasn't a five-star match, but it was a good match. And for mm-hmm. these ladies, that is great. And the bunny, look, Ty Conti did a great job. Everybody did better than they usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Penelope Ford was really good. You're right. Anna Jay was the weakest of the group, but it was still a better match than I think she probably usually has. Mm-hmm. But the bunny went above and beyond. She did. The bunny was amazing. Ladies and gentlemen, the bunny did a split over thumbtacks <laughs> and came up to reveal 50 thumbtacks in what a medical professional could only refer to as either her no-no special place or her taint. It was shocking. It was shocking. Like, I am giving a salute to that woman. She took one for the team. She showed Mm -hmm. she is in it to win it. She is all in on wrestling. And uh, she did. She might have. She might have. She might have gotten a lot more shout outs in most improved for this year. If people had seen that match first, like my god was the bunny great and um and i'm really glad that she is partially due to this feud she's no longer just the pretty face with the butcher and the blade mm-hmm. but those three together are really awesome and really underrated and i think probably everybody it seems like somebody in that team is always injured are on tour and we never really get to have the whole group together. Yeah. And uh, so I'm glad she's out there taking advantage of it, man. But yeah, Anna J, Anna J, and I hate saying this coming off this because Anna J, you had a great match. You had a really mm-hmm. good match. Maybe not mm-hmm. great, but a really good match. She does need to be sent on an excursion or just like sent on a tour of Texas for like a month with Thunder Rosa, where she just wrestles Thunder Rosa every night for 30 minutes mm-hmm. in every little podunk town in Texas. And she, you'd have to think she'd come out of something like that, a better a better wrestler. Right. Yeah. And is one of those people that, you know, 
not to tie it into the controversy of the weekend or anything, but when people are right. talking about is 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 it a is it purely a meritocracy or people only getting pushed because they're whether they're good or not, you know, and you know that's I think that's a little bit of what didn't ring true when Tony tweeted the stuff about well we just let her go because she didn't wrestle well well like she you know she Anna's wasn't the only one good. not wrestling well and I think right. what it comes down to is look who has who has potential I think yes yeah, are you seeing everything you is, think you're going to get from them yeah. yes look uh, we all know Jade Cargill they see a world of potential in her and there is a mm -hmm. ton of potential and I think they thought they saw the same thing in Anna Jay maybe not to the mm -hmm. same level definitely not to the same level mm -hmm. but I think they're giving Anna Jay a lot more leniency and again Big Swole wasn't fired her contract just wasn't renewed right, right. and uh Look, we all expected Anna Jay to be better by now, particularly after she came back from injury. And that's mm -hmm. probably really unfair to say. But yeah. again, like Chris Statlander came back better. Ty Conti came back better. She might have had an injury that didn't allow her to train in a way to improve. Right. So I, I don't want to like put that on her shoulders. Yeah. But she is not she, like, look, I thought Big Swole was the worst wrestler in AEW. Um, I didn't have any problem with her being there. She was there, and now she's not. Mm -hmm. Anna Jay might now be the worst full-time wrestler in AEW. And I hate mm -hmm. to say that, but but I can't think of who I would put below her. I don't think there are any full-time men yeah. in that category right now that I can think of. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of a sliding scale in the women's division. And she will she may get there. And I, I yeah. think I'd, I wouldn't want to cut bait on her or let her go because I think she they, they do have – especially the partnership with Tay, like she yeah. has a following. She, you know, people do invest in her. It's yeah. just, it's really just when you look at the mechanics and stuff, she's, she's just not getting there yet. Yeah. And the fact they could, you know, if they want, they can kind of hide her in the tag team with right. Kai while, she, while she's getting better, that sort of thing. And they are like, I like the fact that they are a tag team because they really are best friends, which yeah. if you follow social media, you'll see like they, those two are legit, like best friends. And mm -hmm. so, yeah. That, but that match, there were so many spots in that. Like the fact that we had the uh, like the jump onto the table that didn't break, oh, which was, that just, was that's oh. brutal, just brutal. Yeah. And then we had was, was it the bunny that went under and came out grinning maniacally with the beer bottle? Was that the bunny? That, that was Penelope. That? that was Penelope. I Penelope had some really good spots in this one, and I yeah I was happy about that. Like I'm. I've, I've watched Penelope wrestle for probably more years than most people in AEW from the Indies, and mm -hmm. I thought she's she's grown more in the last six months than she had in previous couple of years. So good on her for that. Um, let's see that we had a we had a pretty after this match we had a pretty solid like um, breakdown of the the red rum finishing yes. hooks by Taz yes. uh -huh. and that like you want to talk about somebody they see something in Hook is clearly that man when Hook's not on the show they're making sure Hook is on the show um let's see then what was there one more match after this right uh, Cody Cody and Ethan Page the TNT title that's right that which I really think I, I you know I wish they had flipped the matches in post yeah, and had and yeah and the, the 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 match with with like women bleeding everywhere. I think probably right. should have been the main event. And the fact is, the end of a bigger feud. I get the idea. Like in the UFC, a title match is always the main right. event, and the heavier guy. But this isn't UFC. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. And uh, yeah. I would have liked to have seen the women in the main event. I was 
I was that was the only match I went into really excited for. Look, like it was a really like after particularly I rewatched this match, um, and it was a good match. It was a very good match. I really enjoyed it. But I've seen a million good Cody matches, you know, and Ethan mm-hmm. Page doesn't excite me as much as he should. Um, although I did, I did enjoy this match more than most of his others I've seen. Um, yeah, it wasn't it, outside of the women's match. It wasn't necessarily a monster rampage. But again, I like that it's it's generally three matches and and, and you go home. I've liked yep. that for a long time. On a Friday night, that's just what I want. Give me give me a good fun hour and let's get out of here. And that's kind of what they did. Yep. Yep. Let's and, find a way to end the end the year of of AEW. Just women bloodied, filled with tax. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> that. I will never like if I'm in a nursing home and and like grandkids come to see me who clearly aren't even remotely about to exist yet. Like, I'm not going to remember their names. I'll be telling them about that match where the bunny (laughs) had had an ass full of tacks. Like, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. By choice. That woman chose to do the splits there to show that she's a badass. You want to talk choosing violence. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So many people chose violence this week. So many people. Also, that's once it, Friday night is one night that I think Tony Khan was very happy his show was taped and nobody yes. expected him to come out and start talking about Big Swole. Right. <laughs> yes. All right. So we've talked about everything on the main shows. Mm-hmm. Should have been on Dynamite. I actually don't have anything this week. I've done been so involved with Christmas and New Year's and all that. I'm, I did not watch Dark or Dark Elevation because I'm a terrible, terrible person. What should <laughs> I? I took say? a little break. I took a little break too, uh, at least from this week's. I haven't, I haven't watched it. I do believe Jake Atlas is premiering on uh, Elevation next week. That's right. It was taped uh, a, a couple weeks back. Yeah, and so I don't remember be his name now. Too. Let me. See. I think it's just. I think it's Jake Atlas. No, he's going by his real name. Let me find. Oh, is this. he? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, while you look that up, I'll. I'll uh, Kenny so Marquez. Th- he's going to oh, okay. debut as Kenny Marquez. Cool. Yeah, that's I'm, cool. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, like as we're entering these next couple months, like we we've had so many people, and we should we should do a special show this month. Maybe maybe this is what we do. We'll, we'll talk about it right here on the air for our, our okay. February uh, patron only show. Mm-hmm. What if we just go through the list of um, everybody WWE cut and and kind of talk about who, if we were Tony Khan, who would we hire and maybe even like do a draft or something, something like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would love because it's not only the WWE cuts, it's ROH, it's all these other people. I mean, Danhausen's mm-hmm. out there. I mean, my God, Danhausen yes. is on the market, people. <laughs> That's right. Free range. This, this needs to be discussed. Yes, we've got free range Danhausen, and God help everybody he comes across. And yeah. so, yeah, I think we need to talk more about that. But it's exciting to see even the low key debuts, like Jessamine, mm-hmm. um, a couple weeks Justin. ago. Just yeah, Jessamine Mar- Marina right? Shafir. Marina Shafir. That's right. My bad. I had the wrong four horse woman. <laughs> um, and Jake Atlas, and now Mercedes Martinez, and it's going to be. Uh, I just can't wait to see who comes next. And I know, I know Tony, look, I know we already have a little bit of a bloated roster and I know we don't need mm-hmm. to sign everybody. But one thing I'll, one thing I've defended Tony Khan a lot on is everybody's like, oh, he's just signing nothing but WWE cast off. So I'm like, he signed like mm. 
eight out yeah. of like 90. He ha- there's not that many. Right. And the ones they have, like people don't even look at Ty Conti as a WWE cast off, but she was. Right. And he made right. the most of her. Um, mm-hmm. Or she made the most of her signing. I'll say that. she yeah. That's on her. But um, there was something. There was something else that that uh, AW put on YouTube that we both saw and liked. It was um, yeah. what was it? The 2021 year in review video. Yeah, and it's and it's is that the one that's pretty short? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't remember the exact. There's length, one. But it's it's pretty there's short. one that I watched. It's like three minutes, and it was like yeah. best moments. And yeah. I was like, wow, this this is a really good video. And it's, again, it's tiny. It's so short. Right. Considering what a big year this was, but they got a lot into those three and a half minutes. I know. And so I would have loved to have seen that at the end of Rampage. Maybe you know, cut one of the matches while, short yeah, or like, something like, like that. While credits are going, that would be the right. Idea. And and the, yeah. you know, kind of like they did when they left Daly's place. Uh, they did like a like a retrospective of the daily place residency. And yeah. uh, I, I would have liked to have seen that at the end of the year, but uh, you know, it's out there. We can go watch it. Also on dark last week, there was a match I wanted to mention. Uh, that's really good. If you like a lot of cringe in your wrestling, there's Who a doesn't? squash match of Preston 10 Vance versus Leroy Patterson, who I had never seen before. I can't really describe it. I can't even truly recommend it. But if you like a train wreck squash match, you might go check it out. Uh, look, I have not seen this. And Kevin was telling me about it right before the, the show today. And I'm so excited to go find this. So this is this is going to be dark, I'm assuming. But not yeah, this dark. week's dark. Last week's dark. Last week's dark. Yes. Yeah. So in case and, you want to go find uh, yeah. that. And just it, one of those matches where, you know, uh, Taz and Excalibur play it pretty loose on dark. Yeah. At a point it's, where it's they great. pretty much just stop doing commentary because they're laughing so hard. <laughs> I, that's one of my favorite parts of watching dark. It's one of the one reasons. like there are times when I'm like, man, do I really want to watch dark tonight? And then I remember like they, they have a lot of fun on commentary and, yeah. and it gets better as it goes. Yeah. Uh, something else I want to mention. Speaking of Daly's Place, is they had the return of Daly's Place this week and we had the return of Jr. He is done with his cancer treatments. He finished his cancer treatments on Wednesday yep. and then makes his way to dynamite. Um, so like, look, I've criticized Jr. at this point on mm-hmm. commentary. Jr. is the voice of my childhood. Jr. literally lived 45 minutes away from me at one point in Alexandria, Louisiana, when he was commentating for mid South. Mm-hmm. I have always loved Jr. And I'm really happy. He's beat the cancer this time around. I'm hoping it stays gone. It yep. doesn't always. And so fingers crossed, but really excited to see him back, see him back healthy and in good spirits. My God, was he yelling about giving the people what they want? You got to right. give the people exactly <laughs> what the hell they want. Yep. He was he was feeling it, man. He was feeling it this week. So it's glad it's great to see him back. And something I can't believe I've never brought up on here is mm-hmm. for like three weeks we had like our thoughts go out to Jr. and to Justin Roberts. And I never yeah. heard what was wrong with Justin Roberts. I kept waiting to hear it from somebody. I kept almost asking people, but I never heard what was. I'm I'm, ho- I'm guessing maybe COVID, and uh, I hope it was something that he's he got over. But I never found out why our hearts were going out to them. Uh, right. But I'm glad everybody's it's- back and safe. Nobody's like God yeah. only knew what was going on. 
Yeah. So well, you got everybody I too back serious because he didn't get the entrance. They didn't play Boomer Sooner for Justin Roberts. It's a real shame. I, yeah. <laughs> One day, if we ever get to interview Justin Roberts, I want to ask him if if he did yeah. get his own return song, what would it have been? Right. That's what I would like to know. Um, oh, also one of the other things this week, it was so small, but I loved, I loved seeing red dragon called red dragon this week. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. love that they had their own, their, their own jumbotron theme, their own music for like three seconds before they came in mm-hmm. with Adam, with Adam Cole, Adam Cole's Adam Cole. Yeah. Adam Cole. There are too many Adams. Okay. Yeah. This is Adam page. That's Adam what WWE does what they do. Yeah. And there might be, yeah, there might be a little more method to that madness than than we actually thought. But I'm trying to think if I missed anything this week. Again, uh, if you have uh, any questions, let us know. We're on the Fight Game Media podcast, or we're on the Fight Game Media Facebook group all the time. You can reach me everywhere at Peppermint Fatty. Again, throw an X on either side of that for TikTok. Ladies, slide into my DMs on Snapchat (laughs) at Peppermint Fatty. Um, and Kevin, how can people find you if they want to talk to you about anything from this week? At Kevin Ely, uh, pretty much anywhere you want to look. Not on TikTok either or Snapchat, so I have no DMs to slide into. There you go. Yeah, sorry. This is a married man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Married man. Um, all right. I, this was a fun show. This was a fun week. I'm really excited because next week we are entering the TBS era of AEW. I can't wait to see what that looks like, see if there's any changes. We've got, I've got three matches that we can look forward to. Let me bring up these three matches. Of course, we all know Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson with judges. Don't know exactly how this is going to work. Don't know who the judges are. I'm hoping we have heel judge, face judge, normal judge. Uh, Also, like, my best friend is like, you realize, like, are this guarantees they're going to a time limit draw. I'm like, no, I think this guarantees they're not going to a time limit. Me draw. too. Yeah. I think they're there to tease another time limit draw and we're going to get a finish at like 48 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. I really hope we see, uh, I would like to see Adam come out just more focused and more angry and maybe even finish it kind of quick, yep. um, leading to an even angrier, more crazed Brian Danielson coming even harder for him. I would love to see something like that. We've got the tag title match mm-hmm. between Jurassic Express and um, the champions, the Lucha Brothers. I'm really excited for that. It feels like we've seen nothing but Lucha Brothers versus FTR for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see this. Um, and then we have one other match here. Let me see. We got, I have uh, it in my we got a couple more. We got Ruby Soho uh, and Jade, Jade for the TBS title. Right. for the On the first night of TBS. So that's three title three matches. Three title already. matches, yep. And this isn't even Battle of the Belts, people. Right. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to do for that? And then God only knows. Uh, Malachi Black. Malachi that's Black right. will take on Brian Pillman Jr. And then Malachi well, tweeted, Pillman or not Jumer. tweeted, but on his Instagram, there was a quote Malachi posted the color will reveal the hidden Wednesday two with a third to come. So he's teasing something happening on Wednesday night. Could it Who knows what Brody that could King. be? Could oh be my Brody God. could be some attorney. Third could to be... come. Yes. Oh man. But does the two That's... mean that he's that it's the second or does the two mean two people are coming? You know, perhaps the Briscoes join the House of Black, you know, where there could be all kinds of. That would be one wild ass house, man. That would be a party house like we did not expect from Malachi Black. Oh, my God. 
Listen, you could tell me the Briscoes are joining MJF as his financial advisors. As long as they're there, I'm happy. Like they know about corn futures. They know about Campbell's chunky soup. They know about right. they know about things, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. They're not the hicks you think they are. They've been holding down a farm for 20 years. They're responsible yeah. people. And we know they're getting that government money to not grow stuff too. Like, come on, they're That's getting right. those subsidies, y'all. We like the Briscoes know what's up. At least, at least the main Briscoe, at least yeah. the boss there. I think. Yeah. Um, so yeah, wow. I didn't even realize that. I can't believe I missed that. I have now. I, I just caught it right before we recorded. We're at a, we're at an hour sixteen. I'm ready to close down the podcast. You dropped this on me. Come on, man. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, my God. Can you imagine what a bad move it would be if they announced Danhausen as the newest member of the House of Black? <laughs> he is very evil, but he's also very kind. Right. So that would be the worst. It would be the ever. one thing that it would give me joy that everyone else would hate. Everybody would hate it so much. It would be a terrible move, but I would laugh my ass off, especially at the meltdown there would be online at this. Okay. I, clearly, we got a lot to look forward to. By the way, I'm now hearing one last thing. Battle of the Belts is coming I believe a week later, right? No, January the eighth. It's next this, Saturday. This next Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Right. So a week from yeah, a week from a couple days ago. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing now. I'd been hearing it was a one hour special when I thought it was going to be a three hour special. Mm. Now what I'm hearing again, nothing official. You mm. guys at home might have heard more because this is going to drop tomorrow. Um, I'm hearing a one hour TV show, but two hours before that on YouTube. So a three-hour show with the first two hours on YouTube. And I love that idea because, look, that may not be the smartest thing for ratings, but I can watch YouTube on my TV. I am here for it. Like, give me me more. The last time they did that, it was really cool. They had Brian Danielson and Minoru Suzuki. So who knows? (laughs) If if that's not a way to kick off an experiment. I mean, that was brilliant. It's clearly something they'd thought about because that was a last-minute decision. So I'm, I'm excited about this. And, look, I just want... For something called Battle of the Belt, something supposed to be this special, I really want more than an hour. Yeah. And uh, and that might be, I don't know, that, that might be something they've been working on. That's why all we have announced so far is Britt mm-hmm. Baker versus Rio. But we've got three title matches on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We've got one title match on Saturday. And it's the Battle of the Belts. I'm assuming will it get at least two or three more. We could have seven or eight title matches this week. And that's that's a big week. So I can't wait yep. for next week's episode. So join us back here again next week. Go subscribe. Patreon.com slash Fight Game Media. At the very least, I was about to say, just go look up Fight Game Media. Download it. Download our podcast. But if if you're listening to me tell you this, you already know it. So thank you. Appreciate it. See you all next week. Have a great one, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.